Good afternoon, church family. It's uh, great to join you once again here on Wednesday as we share our Wednesday devotional. It is October the 7th of 2020, and today we're going to be taking a look at the next section of Psalm 119, verses 65 to 72, uh, entitled Teth. Uh, as I've entitled this section, uh, God deals with us according to his word. So let's begin our time by uh, bowing in a word of prayer. Father, Lord, we thank you for this uh, new day, and Lord, as we have a chance to open up your word and be encouraged, Lord, I ask for each of the church family that are listening uh, today that this would uh, challenge them in their faith, that it would encourage them, that they would be able to see that God does, uh, you as our God, do deal with us according to your word, uh, that we can always count on that and trust in that. And Lord, I pray that you bless our time this, this afternoon. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's go ahead and take a look at Psalm 119, and uh, we're just going to pick it up right on in verse 65 uh, as we uh, begin our text this morning. It says, You have dealt well with your servant, O Lord, according to your word. You have dealt well. Have you ever thought about all the ways that the Lord has dealt with us? You know, as I think about it, uh, I uh, consider Psalm 77, verses 11 to 14, where it says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Your way, O Lord, is holy. What God is great like our God? You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the peoples. You know, as the psalmist says here in Psalm 77, it's a, a beautiful thing for us to see and to remember how God has dealt with his people, that there is no God like our God, that he is one who works wonders, and he has made known his might among the peoples. We can also take a look at Romans chapter 8, uh, as we think about verses 28, 29, and 30, uh, as we have the eternal chain of God's working and salvation. It says there, and we know that uh, for those who love God, uh, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, in order that, we, uh, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified." And those whom he justified, he also glorified. And so we can see God's working, his dealings with man in relation to salvation itself, that he called us, that he foreknew us, that he predestined us, that uh, he justified us, and that he glorified us. But another beautiful passage that uh, came right to mind as I thought about God's dealing with us actually comes out of Psalm 103. Uh, and I'm going to begin reading in verse 2. Uh, with the, the main verse that uh, came to mind was verse 10. But it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all of your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. 
He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities, which is the verse that came to mind. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame, he remembers that we are dust. You know, as we think about, as the psalmist has said, you have dealt well with your servant. I think Psalm 103 is a a very good reminder that God does not forget uh, who we are, that he forgives all of our iniquity, that he heals, that he redeems, that he crowns, that he satisfies, that he is merciful, gracious, and slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, that he doesn't always chide, that he doesn't always keep his anger forever, and that he does not deal with us according to our sins or repay us according to our iniquities that he shows us that he remembers who we are. All those things are are things that we can take to heart and remember how God has dealt well with uh, not only the servant here in Psalm 119, but with us as believers today. And it says, O Lord, according to your word. And so God's timeless, eternal word, which is what God has revealed to man, is exactly how God deals. And so we can count on that. We need not doubt it. We can trust in it each and every day. The psalmist goes on in verse 66 to say, Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I believe in your commandments. The word judgment here in Hebrew literally means properly a taste. So as you think about uh, the psalmist saying, Teach me good judgment and knowledge, he says, God, give me a good taste of your knowledge. Give me a good taste of your word. Help me to have the ability to experience as my tongue would experience the wonderful foods and flavors that the world provides uh, as we identify food. Let that be the same in relation to how I come to your word, that I would properly taste it, that I would see how your knowledge transforms my thinking. Uh, And you'll notice that the psalmist says that it's good Uh, And we remember that God only gives that which is good. And we'll speak a little bit more to that in verse 68 in a few moments. But I I love the words, for I believe in your commandments. So he asked God to teach him, to help him taste, to help him experience, uh, to have a good uh, relation and impart to God's knowledge for him. He says, for I believe It reminded me of the song, We Believe, by the Newsboys. Listen to the words of this song. It says, In this time of desperation, when all we know is doubt and fear, there is only one foundation. Well, what is that foundation? Well, that is God. That is Him and His Word. So they say, We believe. We believe. He says, In this broken generation, when all is dark, you help us to see there is only one salvation. Well, how do we know there's only one salvation? Well, we find that in uh, the Bible itself, where the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ, that, that Jesus took on human flesh and dwelt among us. So we believe, we believe. It says we believe in God the Father, we believe in Jesus Christ, we believe in the Holy Spirit, and he has given us new life. So right there, there is testimony to the, the Trinity in the word of God, because that's how we find out about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It says, we believe in the crucifixion. We believe that he conquered death. We believe in the resurrection 
and he's coming back again, we believe. And there we see the salvific work of, of Jesus Christ. We see that eternal chain of God's working in salvation that we read just a few moments ago in Romans 8 being lived out in a faith, in a belief uh, that God is good and that knowledge which he gives us is eternal and true. It can be trusted. So they go on to say, So let our faith be more than anthems, greater than the songs we sing, and in our weakness and temptations. It says, let the lost be found and the dead be raised in the here and now. Let love invade. Let the church live love. Our God will see. We believe. We believe. And so they give testimony to the fact that what the the gospel message through the power of God in us does is it takes that which is dead and raises it to life in the here and now because salvation is available right now uh, through faith and trust in Jesus Christ. They go on to say, as they finish out, uh, and the gates of hell will not prevail, for the power of God has torn the veil. Now we know your love will never fail. We believe. We believe. Well, just like the psalmist in Psalm 66, where he says, for I believe in your commandments. Uh, I believe in your word. I believe in you as the one true God. It's something that we can hold on to even today. Moving on to verse 67, it says, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. So ask yourself, how many times have you learned the hard way to do things? I have to be honest that there are many times I have learned the hard way. You know, are are you a graduate of the School of Hard Knocks or the University of Life as is often put forth? Uh, Some say that the best way to really learn is to learn from your mistakes. Well, you know, as we take a look at the Word of God and as we see the psalmist pouring out his heart before the Lord, saying, Before I was afflicted, I went astray. So in previous parts of his life, when he found himself being persecuted, he actually went astray. He says, But now I keep your word. You know, and some of those things, as we take a look at the, what characterizes a true believer, like it says in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, as it gives us uh, the truth that, Uh, The unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God and not to be deceived. It goes on to put forth a long list of those who will not inherit the kingdom of God. But it says, and such were some of you in verse 11. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So the reminder there being is that even though we may stray, uh, we still belong to the Lord. That, that is uh, sure in the fact that we've been washed, that we've been sanctified, we've been declared righteous or justified all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the power of the Spirit of our God. See, the psalmist has learned that now the better thing is to keep God's word, that even though he went astray at one point, he now has come to the realization that it's better to keep God's word. He understands what it says in Hebrews chapter 4, that the the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, that it divides to the the division of uh, soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. He understands what it says in James chapter 1, where it says, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves, because he sees the word of God as that mirror, uh, as it goes on to say in, in the verses following He understands what it says in Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 29, where the word of God is like fire. It declares the Lord 
uh, or the, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. Uh, he knows that the fire, which can be good for warmth, uh, that the word of God is like that, that fire can shed light where there is darkness, that fire can uh, consume, uh, which we know the word of God can show us uh, where sin is consuming us, uh, and it, it too can purify. Uh, and we see that happening in relation to the word of God, but also a hammer, because sometimes God's word does come like a hammer to come in and to break the, the sections of our lives that need to be taken and removed. He understands what he, he's going to actually say in a few more verses in 105 of Psalm 119, that your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And finally, as he takes uh, and, and puts forth after acknowledging that, that God has dealt good with him and well with his servant, that he is teaching him that which is good, that, it, that which he can taste and experience firsthand from the word of God, that even though he's gone astray at some point in his life, he now keeps the word of God. He's reminded in verse 68 that you are good and do good as he's speaking about God. Teach me your statutes. One of the things that we as believers today should always hold on to is the fact that God is good. And Jesus in Mark chapter 10, when he was, you know, uh, asked a good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus says, well, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. And the thing is, believers today, we need to see that not only is God good, but that God does good. Well, how does he do, do good in our lives? Today, he guides, he protects, he corrects, he forgives, he heals, he upholds, he loves, he creates, and he judges. And those are not uh, everything that can come to mind, but it gives you an idea of just exactly all the good that God does. And so, church family, as you find yourself in the middle of this week, as we find ourselves approaching the middle of October, uh, as we see the season changing, uh, as the leaves fall from the trees, do not forget that God is good and that he does good and that he always deals well with those who belong to him because he loves them so much that he gave his son uh, to uh, forgive us of our sins and to, to bring us home. And so therefore he is going to guide and to protect and to correct and to forgive and to heal and to uphold and to love and to create and to judge everything in our lives for our good. Let's bow for a closing word of prayer. Father, we thank you for these truths today. We thank you for uh, the reminder that you are good and that you do good. Uh, may we not forget that as we find ourselves uh, three quarters of the way through this year of 2020, which is shown to be a very challenging year uh, and a year that many would like to forget. Uh, and Lord, we uh, even though may we want to forget the circumstances of life, may we never forget who you are, uh, that we, like the psalmist, would realize just how good you have dealt uh, with us, that you do not count uh, and hold us according to our iniquities, uh, but instead, Lord, you show your grace and your mercy in our lives to teach us the things we need to know. And Lord, may you guide us in the remainder of this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you, church family, for joining us today for our devotional. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday as we have the opportunity to join together once again corporately as the body of Christ. God bless you.